Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. It's presented by Freddy's Frozen Custard, Steak Burgers, all that good stuff they have at Freddy's, over a dozen locations around the greater Houston area. All right, let's get to it. Texans and Jags this week. Houston looking to bounce back, obviously, from the game against New Orleans. What a thriller that was. Not the kind of thrilling ending you want, but man, oh, man, what a game. Fans around the country who, let's put this this way, Friends of mine who were friends of mine before I worked for the Houston Texans, they're, they're thinking, oh, wasn't that a great game? Yeah, I guess it was a great game, except when you're rooting for the Texans to win, that kind of takes away from some of the greatness. But when you look at it objectively, I'm sure the Monday Night Football people were very happy with it. Uh, the TV ratings were terrific. Uh, it was an outstanding, thrilling showdown, but it just didn't end the way the Texans wanted it to. Now, they played well. In many respects, offensively, my goodness, with 180 rushing yards. Let's see what they can get done in Week 2 and beyond uh, with the new backs, Duke Johnson, Carlos Hyde. Can't wait to see them in action consistently and getting the offense to play together. Just play together for a while, for a few weeks even. Wouldn't that be something? And uh, it's going to happen. So Jaguars up next. Let's get to our first guest here, Frank Frangie, voice of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And they were taking on Kansas City at home. Nick Foles getting the start. Everybody all jacked up for that game. And let's start here with Frank's reaction to what was going down on Sunday. Nick Foles lost for, not the season, for a little while, but they've got to deal with it. It's an emotional gut punch. It's something that the team has to try to find a way to rebound from. Gardner Minshew getting the start after that and actually playing well in relief. Let's get to Frank Frangi. Oh, Mark, it was a gut Thanks for having me on, by the way. Good to talk to you. Oh, man, it was a gut punch. It was, you can imagine, you're calling the game, and and you watch the ball, right? So it was a great throw, great catch by DJ Chark. It looked like, hey, this is going to be a bit of a track meet. Our guys are going to be able to keep up. We're headed for 45-42, right? And, and it's 10-7, and you look down there, and, and Nick is being helped off the field. And I think at that point, you're, Mark, it was an absolute gut punch. I've done this a long time, as you have. It was a gut punch for everybody here. It was like, are you mm. kidding? Uh, this guy signed a, excuse me, a four-year, $88 million con- uh, contract. I don't know that there's been a more anticipated player debut in the Jaguars' 25-year history as far as you're waiting to see the guy. I mean, he was the, you know, you're excited about rookies. They drafted Bortles and they drafted Blaine Gabbert. But they're rookies. You don't expect them to take you to the promised land the first year. You're excited about what you hope they might be down the road. It didn't pan out for those two, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, when you drafted Deshaun Watson in Houston, you couldn't wait to see him, and you were excited about what he might be down the road. But even as a rookie, I don't think people thought he was going to the promised land then. Well, you just paid this 30-year-old guy who's been a Super Bowl MVP big dollars to pair him on the opposite side of your really good defense. And then we wait. It seemed like we waited forever to see the guy. You know, Mark, you, you sign in March. You get word in February he's probably signing. And then when he finally plays, it uh, it doesn't doesn't last very long. So it was a gut punch, and I think everybody around here felt that. But hey, it's next. It's a next man up league. It's a next man man up sport. And you're right, Gardner Minshew came in and played pretty well. All right. So Frank Franchi joining us, by the way, voice of the Jacksonville Jaguars. What about Minshew? What are we getting here? It's funny because. He played for Mike Leach, who's going to be here Friday night with the Washington State Cougars against the Houston Cougars. So I find that interesting. And I see that some of Leach's personality might have rubbed off on him as well. But what about the kind of guy he is and the kind of quarterback he might be? 
Well, let's start with the guy. He's a wonderful guy. He, yes, he's eccentric. He's funny. He wears the goofy mustache and the funny clothes, and he's got some of Mike Leach's eccentricities. And there's no, there's no doubting that. And that's, but that's made him fun. But beyond that, behind that, I guess Mark is a really good grounded kid. He has said all the right things. He's the media has fallen in love with him, not because of the eccentricities, as much as he's a good guy. He's available. He's, he's already ingrained himself into sort of the charitable community here. But he's a good dude. There's no doubting that. He's also extremely smart, way ahead of the curve in terms of understanding what the defense is doing. You know, some guys are smart, and then they're smart fast, meaning you can – and Deshaun Watson certainly qualifies here. And that is you can figure out what the defense is doing and adjust very quickly. A lot of guys can watch it on tape, and after tape study with their coaches, figure, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. But can you can you adjust immediately – and check out of this play and into that play, and check down from that route to this route, because you see it happening at NFL speed, which is really fast. Well, he looks like he's ahead of the curve there, Mark. He, he looks like a guy, for, for a guy that just got to the league, who's 23 years old, he does that stuff pretty quickly. So you're getting a guy, I think, that's smart, that will not, he's not afraid, the moment has not been too big for him. That's All those things, he's good. Now, the question is, well, then why did he go in the sixth round, not the first round? Well, he doesn't have great athletic skills. He doesn't have a big arm. He's got an average arm. He's not super big. He's not super athletic. He's not running away from people. He is a six foot one, 220-pound, really smart, accurate passer with, an, with a better-than-average arm, but it's not a howitzer. So that's what you're getting, a six foot one, 225-pound guy who's really smart, who is not the game is not going to be too big for him. The moment's not going to be too big for him. Uh, but he doesn't have a rifle arm. He doesn't have electrically electric feet. Um, he's uh, he's a guy that will, will go through the go through his progressions and uh, going to be kind of fun to watch. The question is, he's still a rookie. How long will it take him to get even better and better and better at the stuff he has to be good at, which is the kind of the uh, the mental side of it. Frank Frangie, voice of the Jaguars, with us, Frank. John Harris says hi, by the way, and wanted me to ask, what about the improvement of the receivers and how that helps out Gardner Minshew? Tell John hello. It's always good to hear from my buddy John John Harris. Yeah, I, I still call him a good Jacksonville guy, whether he missed it or not. Telling us what I've said, he's a Jacksonville guy too and through. Um, uh, and it'll be good to see John and, and all you guys on on Sunday, Mark. Uh, the receivers that that's that's probably the biggest improvement in the football. This football franchise has never had elite receivers. Ever since Jimmy Smith and Keaton Marcardell walked off the field in the 90s or early 2000s, this, this team has never had elite receivers. Allen Robinson had a good year as a young player. Reggie Williams caught 10 touchdowns one year. But they've never had that. I think this core of receivers, Westbrook's going to be a star. I'm telling you, he's going to be a star. Uh, DJ Chark started to show up last week. He's a second-round draft pick who's big and fast. And I think Chris Conley was buried a little bit in, in Kansas City. So, yeah, I think if that's a, another one of the things that was so disappointing about seeing him lose Foles is Foles and those receivers, finally, the Jags would have a legitimate passing game, which they haven't had. They've had that great defense. They've run the ball well over the years. Uh, but they haven't had a, a legitimate passing game, really, since Mark Brunel in the early years. So, uh, yeah, I think the receivers are very good. I, I, I do. Can Gardner get him the ball on time will be the question, but I think it's very good. All right, what about the Leonard Fournette version we're getting this year in 2019? Looks pretty good so far. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think so. I, I think Leonard is Leonard's a good player. He had to grow up a little bit. I think he has. He had to be in better shape. I know he has. Um, they're going to use him a lot now. I mean, he played 86% of the plays, Mark. They, they snapped it 58 times, and he was in for 50 of them. That's probably too many 
Rockwell Armstead, this rookie out of Temple, who's going to be a pretty good little player for him, probably has to play a little bit more. Alfred Blue, who you know well, was probably going to get some of those snaps, but he got hurt in the preseason, went on IR. I think Alfred probably would have gotten 10, 12 snaps uh, that ultimately that Fournette kept. So I think he's, he's got to not get quite as many snaps as he did. But Leonard looks good. Leonard's not the problem. Leonard ran hard. He ran low. He caught the ball well out of the backfield. I, I think that part's going to be okay. Uh, my only concern at running back is you can't run him into the ground. He, he's, he's, you can't, you got to be careful. You got to mix up those carries a little bit. So I would expect to see more of Armstead, the backup, the rookie out of Temple, a little bit this week. Frank Frangie, voice of the Jacksonville Jaguars, with us on Texans Radio. Okay, the defense, we all know what they did last year. Among the highlights, 6 nothing shutout of the Colts late when the Colts really had it going on. How are they different, better, worse this year, Frank? Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see. Um, they, This guy, Josh Allen, is going to help them. He's, he's going to help them a bunch. Uh, he's a good pass rusher. Uh, combined with Ngakwe and Calais, I think they will really get after passes. That's a matchup that, that, that'll be interesting to watch this week because, as you know, uh, the Texans take a lot of sacks. Took a lot of sacks Monday night, took a lot of sacks last year. And even with Tunsil there, the Jags uh, really rushed the passer well. So I think that's an interesting matchup from this standpoint, Mark. Uh, so I think better there. Safeties are a concern. Uh, they're, they're playing two new safeties. Ronnie Harrison, a third-round draft pick a year or two ago out of Alabama. Jared Wilson, a guy that's uh, a little bit of a journeyman, a young journeyman that's, been, that's won the free safety job. I think you can attack him in the middle of the field. So I think safety is a concern. Uh, they're awfully young at linebacker. Um, ever since Telvin Smith left, there, it's just a different core. I think it's potentially a good core, but youth at linebacker, youth at safety is the biggest concern. The cornerbacks are very good. A.J. Boye, as you know, is very good. Uh, Jalen Ramsey might be the best corner in the league. The, the 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 front four, even without Darius last week, actually played pretty well. So it'll be a similar defense than last year. Uh, they get after the ball. You know that. They're, they're very good. Uh, they've got to be careful at safety. I, if, there's a, if, there, if there's a weak area, I think it's probably in the middle of the field. Frank, what about the AFC South now? The Colts lose luck. Your thoughts on how they might be without them? I know they lost to the Chargers, of course. Yeah. And the Titans beating Cleveland, is that a Browns hype hangover, or are the Titans that good? I think the division's good, Mark. I really do, man. I, I think the Texans are legit. The Texans go to New Orleans against one of the best two or three teams in the league and probably should have won the game. All, obviously, almost won the game. That had to be gut-wrenching for you guys. Uh, the Colts, I like Brissett. I like Brissett in college. I liked it. I, I, I thought when we went up there and practiced with the Patriots a couple years ago, he was the third teamer because they still like Garoppolo. But you could tell there was something there. I think the Colts are pretty good. They've done a nice job, I think, of, of building that, that roster in recent years. Um, look, I, it's weird how things change, isn't it? On Friday, I'm thinking Jags, I love the Jags in the division here. They've got folds. They've got this great defense. Um, the, the Texans have some concerns on their line. This is before Tunsil. The, the Titans look like they're just okay. The Colts lost luck. And then we watch all the, the weekend transpire. The Jags lose foals, get Miles Jack ejected. The, the Texans almost beat the Saints. The Colts play a wonderful game in Los Angeles, lost in overtime, and the Titans roll the Browns. Now I'm not sure what to think of the division. Here's what I do think. I think it's a really good division. I think I think all all four teams, if Gardner Minshew can hold up his end, and that's hard to ask for a rookie. It really is. But if he holds up his end, and we do think Nick's going to come back at midseason. It's, it's, we think it's eight games and he's back. Mm. So if Gardner Minshew can hold up his end for, for our team, 
I think it's going to be one whale of a division, Mark. I really do. I, I love the division. I think it might be one of the better ones in football. Yeah, I agree with you, Frank. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday. Mark, anytime, man. See you then. Frank Frangie, voice of the Jacksonville Jaguars, joining us now. Let's get to my buddy Andre Ware, my broadcast partner, and we talk about the New Orleans Saints, how that went as the Texans visited the Big Easy, and it was anything but easy. Houston able to grab the lead with 37 seconds to go, unable to hold it. But a lot of good things came out of that game. Here's Andre. Well, it's kind of like any uh, any first game of the season. There's always some some highs, some good things, some very good things, and then you know there's also things that you uh, you need to adapt to, to fix, uh, to get on immediately, and uh, you take the good with the bad, and you move on to week two and try to figure out a way to put a win in the win column. What do you think of the offense now having the ability to play at home? Another week of communication and practice and communicating at home without that deafening noise of the Superdome. Well, I think as a collective group, which I thought they needed to do during the the, uh, the preseason, now you've got some additions with Larry Tunsil and certainly Kenny Stills, uh, but I thought the group needed to play together more uh, to eliminate some penalties, to eliminate false starts, to eliminate you know, just getting the play called and so on and so forth, where guys are breaking the huddle together. And you saw some of that throughout the game. But as a whole, I thought it was a, a heck of a performance, especially on the part of Deshaun Watson. Uh, and DeAndre Hopkins was his normal self. But when you look at it overall, I think the guy that most impressed me more than anyone was the guy that's just been here a week, and that's Carlos Hyde, the way he ran the football and uh, and just kind of his overall knowledge of, of the uh, the offense, where to go, where to cut, things of that sort, running with power and speed. He was, uh, if I had a game ball of all the other stuff that went on in that game, I think I would have given it to Carlos Hyde. Dre, how can Watson protect himself better? He has the dynamic touchdown run. However, it was fourth and inches, and you don't want to see him hurt himself, but you don't want to take away from the playmaking ability. So what do you tell your quarterback in these situations? From the touchdown run, which just, was just an effort play, and you're, ne- you're just not going to be able to really coach that out of him. And I don't know that I, I would really want to. Uh, it's within the scheme. Uh, he's getting pressure as he turns his back to the defense. And when he turns his back based on play action or boots and things of that sort, uh, they're coming from the position in which he turns his back to. So you don't really see the pressure coming until it's too late. So I think that's just something within the scheme that needs to be cleaned up. Andre Ware joining us. Dre, what about Stills? What about the other new guy, Duke Johnson, as they assimilate into this offense, and Laramie Tunsil as well? All three uh, made a case for themselves, and, and uh, especially with a limited amount of time that they've had to adjust and, and get – acclimated within the, within the culture of the team, the locker room, and, and then certainly the offensive system in itself. And I think they'll be fine. Um, there are a couple of uh, instances where I think all three would like to get back, but uh, I think overall it was a, a very positive uh, performance for just having been here one week. So now the defense faces Gardner Minshew, who we really don't know much about, but he had some decent numbers coming in in relief of Nick Foles the other day, threw the ball accurately. What are you thinking here as you face a rookie backup quarterback? He's a guy that's very familiar with the passing game, though, playing for Mike Leach, and I think he was the uh, the Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Year 
coming out or after after a senior year. Uh, 22 of 25 is not shabby, 88%. So they he, he knows the offense, got most of the work uh, throughout the preseason as well. And they've got capable receivers and guys like Marquise Lee and, and Dede Westbrook and O'Shaughnessy, the tight end. They, they've got an enormous, you know, a, a complement of weapons along with Leonard Fournette. But this is a game that I see them coming in and trying to just rely more on the uh, the offensive line and Leonard Fournette, they will turn this into a physical dogfight and just kind of, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll play this or we're willing to play this in the trenches. And I forget, forget DJ Chark, who led him in receiving as a big play receiver with four, four receptions and 146 yards on those four receptions for a touchdown. So there's plenty of around Gardner Minshew where he doesn't have to go out and win a game by himself. Uh, he's got plenty of, uh, enough around him to be serviceable. But I, and I don't look at uh, Kansas City, I think, can, can really make anybody look bad because of how they go about their business and get you out of, the, out of your game playing quickly because they score so fast. So I think it was just one of those games where it's the first game, you lose your quarterback, how do we get going again? And then there's some uh-oh in there when Foles goes down on both, both sides of the football. So I don't think it's a uh, precursor for what – Jacksonville truly is after week one yeah especially on the defensive side of the ball because you look at the names names you know well by now like Calais Campbell and Yannick Ngakwe Marcel Darius Josh Allen rushing the passer he's a new guy but what do you think of that Jaguar D which did so well last year you mentioned the Chiefs they're tough on anybody and here you face a Jaguar team that let's face it a couple of years ago it was really tough sledding against them Ronnie Harrison, who's a third-round pick on the back end of that with all that you've mentioned uh, in the front seven and in the two corners uh, on the outside. They just had their hands full last week. They're going to have their hands full again uh, this week. But it's a group that can certainly get after you. Uh, they don't need the blitz to do so, but they, they certainly can do that. They can play man-to-man. They can mix coverages, so on and so forth. So this this will be as tough a game as uh, – and equally as tough, I think, in a in a different way, but equally as tough as the one that you just played on Monday night. It's just going to come in a different form, so to speak. But uh, they they're equally, maybe even more talented as an overall defensive unit than I think the Saints were, and that's that's kind of scary in its own right. What do you think of the Titans beating the Browns? Is that a Browns issue with just buying into the hype too much and coming out flat? or the Titans that good, or a combination of things? What do you think? A combination of both. And uh, I think a lot of people have uh, almost, to a point, disrespected uh, Marcus Mariota. Uh, there was some people that loved him at points in his career, and then now it's kinda, he's just kind of a so-so guy because of all the injuries. But when he is healthy, uh, you know, he can, he's certainly more than capable of, of uh, not only doing the job, but being a – a really, really good, solid quarterback uh, in this league. And so he played that way on Sunday. They've got a guy that in Derrick Henry is, that can just get downhill and show him uh, speed on a couple of occasions. This week in a different way, it was a, uh, a screen pass that he took to the house for 75 yards. And we've seen him break long runs as well. But he can also pound on a defense. And uh, they're as talented as what we've talked about in terms of New Orleans and Jacksonville on the defensive side of it. So it didn't surprise me what they did to Cleveland. And Cleveland was everybody's uh, 
you know, everybody's pick, sexy pick to uh, to get to the playoffs this year. Uh, I wasn't one that was buying in because at the end of the day, they're the Browns and, and uh, they are what they are. We thought the Colts would still be pretty good without Andrew Luck because Jacoby Brissett is pretty good and they've got a good team. So here they go to Tennessee this weekend. What do you think of the Colts and their chances at Tennessee? The Titans always have trouble with Indy no matter what it seems. Teams in the division playing uh, one another this weekend. I usually don't see that much, but uh, that's a, that'll be another tall order going. I think they'll split. I think uh, Tennessee wins this one at home and then you get to Indianapolis, I think the Colts would have a, a, a better shot at taking down the Titans. But the Titans are, are, are a good football team. Indy went on the road and represented itself very well against a solid Chargers team. It's a long flight. It's a long trip. Uh, but they went out there and had a chance to uh, to win that football game and got it close, stayed close. Jacoby Brissett, uh, I thought, played very well in that game and uh, and accounted for himself very well. And he will continue to get better with uh, a lot of weapons or more weapons around him where he doesn't have to, uh, to, to, to be the offense, so to speak, where he doesn't have to lead it the way Andrew Luck did. So uh, I think that's a team that will get better as the season progresses. Trey, what do you got on the college circuit this week? Going to Cincinnati, and they play a solid uh, Miami University team from Ohio. It'll be a good football game, in my opinion. Dre, thanks so much for joining us. We will see you later in the week. Looking forward to it. Okay, that's my buddy Andre Ware. That's going to do it for the Vandermeer's View podcast for the week. And we'll catch up again next week as the Texans prepare to face the L.A. Chargers. I will not say San Diego. The over-under on how many times I might say San Diego next week. I'm going to say it's down to two for the entire week. And I do a lot of talking during the week, radio shows and the games. I won't say it during the game at all. But I might say it during the shows because that's where those things tend to happen. During the game, it's all buttoned up, ready to go. During the shows, we relax. Sometimes that kind of stuff comes out. I know you'll be monitoring. Anyway, thanks so much for listening. Check out all the other podcasts right here or wherever fine podcasts are available. From your Houston Texan staff, have a great day, everyone, and go Texans.